0: Listen, and understand, the TV show Lost is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity, or remorse, or fear. And it absolutely will not stop. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich.
1: And I'm Emma May.
0: And we are here today to talk about Season 2, Episode 4, Everybody Hates Hugo. Emma, first impressions on this episode, how are you feeling about it? Did you? Does Everybody Hates this episode?
1: I think that this is a good episode. I like it. I think it's like yeah. a good balance of fun and mm-hmm. um, story. Uh, the one thing that I will say, and I'm sure that we'll get into it, is that like, In almost every single flashback, they bring up Hugo's, or Hurley's weight. And I wish that they wouldn't, like, do that. I feel like they're beating a very dead horse. So that's my only gripe. But otherwise, I think that this is a good episode. I like it. Good balance of, like, sweet and funny. Yeah, I think
0: this is, I think incredibly, Charlie managed to uh, not call Hurley fat once this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, which was pretty impressive, but yeah, it is in every single. I mean, that's part of his character too. So I don't, I don't necessarily hate when they bring it up. It feels a little bit contrived to be like, oh, let's give the fat guy the pantry to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, I'm sure. Um, it's weird that that's her. That has to be Hurley's job. But yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, yeah, this episode I like quite a bit, to be honest. I think it's. Um, I, I, I agree, I think it's like a good mix of levity and seriousness, and it also, it really doesn't further anything about the hatch. Like, it, we get a little bit more plot progression from uh, the tail section mm-hmm. uh, side of the island, but the hatch, the only thing we really get is some stuff with Said, which we'll talk about when we get there, but uh, there's, it, it's... It's kind of just like a little slice-of-life episode, and I always like when they do that.
1: Yeah, I like and
0: that. And I think they they tend to do those as Hurley episodes, uh, and it really works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all right, well, let's let's jump in. Um, this episode aired October 12, 2005. It was written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, who did uh, Born to Run mm-hmm. in uh, season one, which... I think was an episode neither of us was particularly crazy about. I, I mean, mostly because of the toy airplane, yeah. right? That was the Kate episode with her, uh, her like old ex boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. Topher Grace. That episode, yes. <laughs> uh, that episode was not great. This one I like quite a bit more. So something interesting. I don't think we talked about it last time. These two guys, this writing partner of Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz they go the distance on this show they will be in they will be writers for at least one episode in every single season of Lost. Oh, okay. Which is not the case. Most of the writers that we've talked about so far only really go till the end of season 2 or maybe some end up in season 3, but there's a shakeup at some point which, you know, we'll talk about we've got months before we get there, but yeah, so it's just interesting that these guys their their titles evolve over the course of the show from you know, writers and producers to executive producers and so on. So mm-hmm. they uh, this episode was also directed by Alan Taylor, who has done episodes of The Sopranos and episodes of Deadwood, uh, both extremely good shows. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff, but he also directed Thor Two. Uh, oh, I think it's called Thor. like the Dark World. I mean, yeah, it was a uh, astonishingly bad movie. Yeah. I don't know if it's his fault. I I have a hard time really blaming the director of any Marvel movie for yeah, anything that's a good because idea. I don't think they really get all that much control. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he and then he also did the that Terminator Genesis movie, mm, I didn't which watch was that. the that was the one with um, the girl from Game of Thrones, uh, whose name is escaping me now, but the 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 uh, blonde woman. Okay. Em- Emily, something I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, really a really bad Terminator movie.
1: Aww. I mean, well, there he... hasn't
0: really been a good Terminator movie in a long time, so. No,
1: and to his credit, he did direct a good episode of Lost. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, this was a good episode. This is the only one he'll ever do of Lost. Um, <laughs> so, but, but he uh, he made it count, and uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, it uh it opens up. In a dream sequence, um, Hurley is in the pantry of the hatch. He's uh, just going absolutely nuts on all the junk food. He's eating candy bars and uh, ice cream sundaes and steak dinners and opening everything up and eating it. Um, he starts drinking from a milk carton like it has like one of those like classic missing kids on the milk carton with Walt's picture on it.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's only really in one shot, but um it's pretty obvious that it is Walt. Mm. Uh so I guess it's his dream trying to tell him something. I don't think that they do the missing kids on milk cartons anymore.
1: I don't think they do. I don't
0: I don't I don't think I've seen that in a long time. I always wondered how much that helped. Yeah. Same with like the Amber Alert texts. Yeah. Uh where you're just like I'm sure that those at least have I those make more sense to me. Right. Because it, um,
1: it's in the area, so you can at least keep an eye out.
0: Right, because with the, the 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 thing with the milk carton thing is always like, well, I'm not gonna recognize this kid like in my, he's not gonna be in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, so so <laughs> I'll just have to I guess hold on to this for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then uh, he hears somebody talking to him. Um, it's uh, Jin uh, speaking to him. It's Daniel Day Kim. The only time. Over the course of the show, I believe where they let him use just his regular speaking voice and accent, mm. uh, he's talking to Hurley in a uh, in an accent, and uh, then Hurley starts speaking Korean, and it's basically and oh, and the uh, the gas station owner is there in a Mr. Cluck outfit. Uh, They they really don't exchange any interesting information except for Jin telling Hurley that everything's going to change. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes up with the timer beeping in the hatch. Um, Kate is there waking him up to get him. She's taking the next shift on the hatch. um, And he enters in the numbers begrudgingly. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they have the little thing of her telling him where the numbers are and he, of course, knows them. By heart. It is interesting that he's just decided to go along with it. He's been so dead set against it. Yeah. I also, well, yeah, maybe we can talk about it later. I, I'm I'm interested in the shift process, <laughs> how they're coming up yeah. with shifts. Yeah. Because I, I got to say, as someone who would have been just sitting out on a beach for 40 days, uh, if I find out that there is shifts that we can take in a place that has a, a couch, I think I'm signing up pretty quick for those. Mm-hmm. On the uh, the other side of the island, uh, in the pit, uh, Sawyer, Jin, and Michael are talking. Jin wants to try and escape, but Sawyer has pretty much just given up on escape. He's telling Michael to give up too. He's his shoulder is definitely like getting worse now. He's yeah. having a harder time. And then the others up top drop down a rope uh, for Jin and Michael. Um, they uh, Jin isn't going to go up, but then they threaten to kill Sawyer and. Um, <laughs> To throw a rock at him uh and uh yeah they leave sawyer down there while Jin and michael go do something and uh sawyer calls anna lucia a bitch yeah the anna lucia thing is interesting to me i mean we're getting a lot of new characters this season obviously these will end up finding out this episode are the are all the different tail section survivors anna lucia seems like a character that is uh just destined to be not liked very well Mm -hmm. like just right off the bat she's played by michelle rodriguez and um is very mean to sawyer for seemingly no reason other than she just is mean uh so hopefully we get a little bit more out of her but uh this whole episode she is just fully 100 percent unlikable
1: yeah um is she so she's holding sawyer's gun
0: yes she has a gun which and i think sawyer says it has one bullet left uh, so he's like, yeah, what's she, what's she going to do? Shoot me. And then she throws the rock at him, which he maybe needs to stop saying that. Yeah. Because every time he says, what are they going to do? Blank. Somebody then does that.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Classic Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, we get our first flashback and uh, we're back at Hurley's when he wins the Megalotto jackpot with the numbers 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 um he just won a record jackpot and he faints they also mentioned on the broadcast that it's the 16th week in a row without a winner so another little call oh did to the they numbers yep i
0: didn't catch that yeah there we go
1: um hugo's mom slaps him awake uh, and fat shames him immediately uh and yes. i just want to call out that at this point she thinks that he fell because he had some kind of heart issue or health scare and yeah she and le- then she just
0: leaves him there <laughs>
1: yeah and gives oh, she's them, just
0: like <laughs> yeah <laughs> gives them some
1: like really tough toxic love yeah which turns into her telling him that he needs to change his life and tells him that nobody's going to change your life for you unless of course jesus comes down and brings you a brand new car and a decent woman she's mm-hmm. really laying into that um but hurley admits that he likes his life and doesn't want it to change and it's dawning on him that he may have opened up Pandora's box and instead of being excited about winning a record jackpot, he immediately feels like there's repercussions for using these numbers and um, yeah. for having change in his life. You can just see it in his face.
0: I, I this is good. I mean, it's, um, I guess, yeah, it is insane that she just is just like, well... My son just collapsed and like fully shattered our coffee table. So yes. I guess I'll just go answer the phone now and see who's calling me. Right. <laughs> like um but yes, Hush. uh I will say I uh <laughs> I think that she is so funny. She <laughs> is Carmen, really funny. Car- Carmen rules. I'm I'm team Carmen, um even though she's uh maybe a little harsh on her son here.
1: When she picks up the phone and says, "Oh, it's Jesus." Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did laugh a <laughs> yeah. lot at that.
0: Um Charlie uh, brings Aaron to go talk with Hurley on the beach, and he questions him about the hatch. Uh, but Hurley really doesn't tell him much. Uh, he doesn't want to open up about it. Uh, he's clearly very anxious about this job that he has to do. So Charlie gets angry and storms off. Charlie is not, I mean, he's still, he he is not, like, making fun of Hurley for being fat. So that is good. Uh, they... But do... he's
1: being kind of a bully. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he is still being a bully. He still sucks. It would not be good to be Charlie's friend. Like yeah. it's it's very. I I would not want to... It seems like it covers carries a lot of responsibility that would be annoying to deal with. I will say, you know, to Dominic Monaghan's credit, the the line where he's like, "Oh yeah, you're uh, you're telling the truth, right?" Just like you are telling the truth about a hundred about your being worth one hundred fifty million dollars, and then Hurley's like, "Well, it's actually $156 million." And then he goes, yeah, well, you know what? I, I'm sorry, I must have forgot due to the fact that I'm worth $900 trillion. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: the,
0: that line read is pretty good, and it did yeah. make me laugh. But overall, not particularly sympathetic to Charlie this episode. No. Uh, R- Hurley goes to see Rose doing laundry. Um, so we get a nice guest star from L. Scott Caldwell this episode. I do wish that she was just a regular cast member. She's so she's such a... just. Like good grounding presence. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that she's like probably like ten years older than everybody except for Locke, she could she could be the island mom, and they mm-hmm. are not letting her do that, which is a bummer. Because I think she would kill it like that.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Did you notice that she is humming the song from Hurley's Dream Sequence?
1: No, I didn't realize that.
0: Mm-hmm. She it's My Conversation by the Uniques. I had mm-hmm. to look up what song it was. Good song. I mean, uh, all the song choices this episode are pretty good. Uh, Lost has pretty much only done uh, diegetic music up to this point. I think there's like one or two instances of not doing it over the course of the series. And uh, having the record player in the hatch just lets them get away with all kinds of stuff now. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is cool. Uh, (laughs) Hurley asks Rose if she's curious about the hatch, but... She kind of just couldn't be bothered about it, which is uh, a very funny reaction. I guess, I mean, more power to her. I would be chomping at the bit Same. to get in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not proud but, of this, uh, but
1: I would be, you know, closer to Charlie here.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess that is true. If if I was friends with someone and they weren't telling me what was in that hatch, I would be like, what the hell? Yeah. What do you Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but um charlie has earned no goodwill up till this point right. so i can't i can't credit him too much <laughs> uh he uh, he takes rose to the hatch there's the line about how <laughs> how uh she's like well whatever's in that hatch isn't really gonna let me do this laundry and then hurley's like well it kind of is which is like a funny line it does kind of imply that she really just cares about laundry more than anything mm-hmm. which is pretty funny but um I did want to mention something that we neglected to mention in uh, episode one and maybe two. I can't remember, but the uh, the washer dryer uh, that are in this hatch. Um, did you did you happen to see them uh, during that first episode? No. So they are like brand new. Like everything else in this hatch is like seventies. So there's like lava lamps and record players and. All of that kind of stuff, and then these like washer and dryer were like freshly uh, came off the assembly line in mid two thousand four. Another lost like,
1: so, mystery.
0: I know it's very <laughs> funny to think about how they got there. I wonder if they crashed with Desmond on on the beach, <laughs> he, and he just he he on his race around the world. The only things he brought were the washer dryer combo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, Hurley takes Rose to the hatch. We do get to see the front entrance, which is just, like, hidden behind some vines. Um, truly irresponsible of Locke and Boone not to have found yeah. this, Come in my now. opinion. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he brings her in. She's pretty amazed by everything in the hatch. Jack sees them and is mad that that Hurley brought her. Um, <laughs> there's, I don't know, I just, I do kind of like... I mean, you know, Jack gets mad at everything, so uh, this was to be expected. But I do like him pretending he's not mad when he's talking to Rose. I do like that a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. The one thing I want to say that kind of irked me about this exchange is Mm -hmm. that, like, this is the first time that we've really seen, like, hard domestic work being done on the island, okay? Like, we've had, up until this point, like, maybe people, like... Digging through luggage and trekking to get water Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But, like, the fact that the first time that we're seeing somebody do manual laundry, which is hard, that's not an easy task, and it's, like, the one and only black lady on the island doing it, just kind of, like, rubs me the wrong way. Like... I, yeah. I feel and it's like thats the some... only
0: thing that she cares about and she yeah. doesn't really give a shit to all about all the other stuff that's going on right yeah for sure I definitely felt that a little bit too where it's just like somebody who is so Zen that they just don't even care about the hatch that is like a good character like I don't hate that just as a character choice mm-hmm. but I agree that it is a bummer that it's just it's the older black lady that has to be the one that is doing that
1: right. It should be like a group of people doing it, honestly. But that was the only gripe for that. Yeah, also,
0: yeah, other people should be doing laundry (laughs) with her for sure.
1: Yeah, but I mean, (laughs) I love that we have Rose back, so I don't want to take away from having Rose back in in Lost.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We see a quick scene of Claire on the beach finding the uh, messages in a bottle that washed up. So after the raft blew up, they made their way to the original beach uh, which is crazy that that's the only piece of wreckage that would make it to her, but I guess that's, I guess that's how it goes. Maybe there's some little uh, divine intervention or something there. Uh, she has lost yeah. so
1: much baby weight. Good for her.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost like she uh, she lost it all instantly. Yeah, the second those scenes were over. <laughs> that's another. Well, we'll get to it. I have some issues with Claire in this episode too. I don't I don't love how she's used in this one. Mm-hmm. Rose and Hurley begin to inventory the. Uh, the the contents of the pantry which is just so fun like i mean we'll talk about it the ultimate solution of this episode is that they just hand the food out to everybody Mm -hmm. which to me is like yeah of course that would have been my first like thought it's like what are you gonna you're gonna ration this for like for what Mm -hmm. (laughs) like everybody has to eat if it was just the people who are uh, like the main cast members? I guess that would make sense, but like this is just yeah. This food should be gone in like three days.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Rose talks about how her husband Bernard has a sweet tooth. Uh, as they're talking, as they're looking at the Apollo bars, Hurley kind of puts his foot in his mouth about Bernard being in the tail section, but Rose is insistent that he's still alive, and uh, Hurley is afraid that everybody's going to hate him. Um, and kind of brings that up to Rose. Uh, then Kate interrupts and grabs some shampoo and uh, Hurley tries to protest but really she just <laughs> she just steamrolls him mm-hmm.
1: Hurley in our next flashback is at work and staring at his winning lottery ticket and it's pretty crumpled up and worn so he's clearly been holding on to it for a few days um yeah.
0: I Can I just say here, yeah. too, I know we talked about, like, the stuff that nags at the back of my mind. Yeah. The whole time he's holding this lottery ticket, I'm like, don't hold it, like, right next to the friars.
1: Yeah. Like, come, you were going
0: to drop that thing instantly. Come on, Hurley. Mm-hmm. Um, which maybe he would have liked to do or was thinking about doing. I don't know. But, yeah, that, it it made me, like, anxious to watch him just, like, holding this, like crumpled up lottery ticket by one corner. Right.
1: It's like a 156 million dollar piece of paper like Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Treat it with more care. Um yeah. yeah. Uh as he's looking at the ticket, his coworker approaches him to see what's going on. Um his coworker is played by DJ Qualls. Did you recognize mm-hmm.
0: him? I yeah, I mean he's the iconic thing I know him from is Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, he plays the like FBI agent that yeah that's right. uh, that catfishes um, one of the guys because he looks like such a young dude that like they didn't think he'd be an FBI agent. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I forgot that he was in that. I recognized him from uh, the new guy and Road Trip. Like those, just kind of like cheesy sure. comedies mm-hmm. that came out in the early two thousands. But he had like a decent run. In his day yeah. of getting gigs. Um, But he always plays these like skeevy, kind of grimy, nerdy characters. Um I did learn, though. Guess where he got his start?
0: Where he got his start. Yeah, like DJ his start Qualls.
1: in entertainment.
0: I'm going to guess based on his age, he was like a background hockey player in Mighty Ducks.
1: That is such a good was- guess. Okay. Especially since we have another person in this episode who's in Mighty Ducks, that would have been a great really? connection. Yeah.
0: Wait, who who else is in Mighty? Okay, I mean we'll get to it. Yeah. Now I cannot wait to find this out.
1: <laughs> um. No, he. So he started at like a tiny theater company in Tennessee and was discovered mm-hmm. by two photographers and went on to be a professional model for Prada. Really? Yes. <laughs>
0: as like what like a like a like a teenager he was
1: in his early 20s at least is
0: oh my gosh yeah. that's crazy isn't
1: that insane i mean you look yeah, at him now so and it's like uh really
0: yeah yeah i don't know but i mean i guess he's got a distinctive face for sure he does yes um so i guess that that makes sense cuz i think that's a lot of times with modeling that's what they want is just somebody to catch your eye mm mm-hmm. mhm um, which is why I, in my opinion, Stevie Shemmy would be the perfect model. Yeah. Uh, but nobody's Being been brave model. enough to try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. So he and Hurley and Johnny are talking, Hugo gets called mm-hmm. to the office, like it's the principal's office and
0: mm-hmm. his
1: manager sits him down and shows him surveillance footage of him eating chicken and reading a magazine, which like... Mm-hmm you know, God forbid somebody working in fast food does something like that.
0: Yeah. Also, like, you know, we've established on the show, Hurley is maybe not the brightest bulb. But like, there's a point where it like implies that he just casually ate an eight piece chicken and didn't notice it. And it's just like, all right, guys, come on. Yeah. Like, you know, he's (laughs) maybe I wouldn't be I'm sure that there's plenty of people that like, will just eat product like that. Like, I'm not saying that that is uh crazy but like he didn't just forget that he ate an eight piece
1: right yeah so his manager's calling him out on that and then goes into a rant about giving more than two napkins Mm -hmm. i mean come on no
0: now emma i you're just calling him his manager are you not going to show him the respect that he deserves and call him by his name which is of course randy randy Randy, who was Locke's boss in walkabout with the goatee. He doesn't have the goatee here. We're getting like some premium character arc development about this awful middle manager's goatee wow. over the course of years before this plane crash.
1: Amazing. So he he is a manager at the that's the chicken, chicken joint called?
0: Mis- um, Mr. Cluck's Chicken Mr. Shack. Mr.
1: Cluck's Chicken Shack. Yeah. And then he goes on to be even more horrible, I would argue, yeah. by far, to <laughs> yes. Locke at a paper company.
0: The timeline also doesn't really work on this because it definitely feels like he's been Locke's, like, shitty boss for years in that episode. Yeah. and um, And it would have had to happen within, like, a month and a half. Uh, because like hurley doesn't spend doesn't have the money for that long right before he uh before he goes on the plane to sydney i think but it's still fun and it's great that i really hope that over the course of the show every single character has an awful boss and it just turns out to be randy
1: (laughs) with the like next time he'll have a soul patch yes something's gonna happen with his facial hair to disguise him
0: Yes, he will always have, sometimes he'll have, even, like, I want there to be a scene where, like, we get, like, an eight-year-old Kate who is trying to do a lemonade stand, but, like, her lemonade stand boss is, like, a nine-year-old Randy who yeah. also has, like, <laughs> mutton chops as a kid. Oh,
1: that would be so <laughs> amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, we'll have to keep an eye out for more Randy cameos. yeah.
0: I, here's what I will say. I don't normally like to spoil stuff on the show because I think it's fun to go through the show as it's, uh, get all the information that we get at the time, but I feel pretty comfortable spoiling this. We will see Randy again. There, like that definitively he will show up again on the show and I can't wait when he does.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: so yeah, Randy's awful. He's always been awful. Like they're mm-hmm. establishing it in the show. He is the devil. And yes. um, Hugo quits on the spot, something I've always wanted to do. And it's so gratifying to see him mm. tell, you know, Randy off. And uh, he goes to the parking lot after to have a panic attack. Um, but Johnny Prada follows him out and it turns out that he quit too. So they're going to have Prada. a ride or die day together.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is like... It's this kind of like sweet thing, almost like where it's just like, all right, yeah, these are two buddies and they're they're gonna enjoy their day. Mm-mm. Um, they're like last day together. That even though Johnny doesn't really know it, but like it is funny that like Hurley quit because he won a hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, but like. Johnny is still going to have to get a job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he Johnny just quit his job uh, that he does still need. Mm-hmm. Back on the island, Locke is being followed by Charlie. Uh, at this point, it's just absurd. But Locke is, of course, wearing like a, a crisp, plain white T-shirt. I, do we think that Locke has already used the washer-dryer? It's been, One like what, eight hours? One
1: thousand percent. He found somehow, like, bleach from the wreckage, and he's been hoarding that. He definitely used the washer and dryer.
0: You remember in orientation when he throws the knife at Sawyer, and then he kicks open his suitcase that has a bunch of knives? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think that he has another suitcase and it's full of Tide pens?
1: Probably. And they're
0: all in that kind of like foam uh, carrying case? I
1: think if you take the foam out of the night suitcase, <laughs> yeah. it's just littered with Tide pens underneath. Like he's hiding and hoarding he, it.
0: He smuggled them through customs uh, by covering it up with knives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but yeah, Charlie uh, doesn't do a very good job of sneaking up on Locke. And he's feeling left out of the loop because nobody will tell him what's going on at the hatch. So Locke says, Well, okay, what do you want to know? Back at the hatch, Saeed is banging on that like magnetic door uh, that we had seen earlier with Jack's key. Uh, And he says there's like eight to ten feet of concrete, which is truly wild.
1: Why would you want to break that up? This coming from the man who didn't even want to open up the hatch to begin with.
0: Yes. And now, he, now he's, like, cracking on the concrete with the titanium uh, girder. Wild. Yeah. But, yeah, he suggests going underneath the the bunker. And he oh, there's, like, a grate in the ground that you can get into, like, the underbelly of the area. Which, yeah, I agree. Like, at, at the point where they're like, hey, 8 to 12 feet of concrete, I'm kind of like, all right, well, I don't need to know what's on the other side mm-hmm. of that. Like, it's not good, and it's not going to get to me, so I'm fine. Sawyer is let out of the pit once he uh once he sees that michael is okay there is a cute little moment where he says i'm not leaving without my friends and then michael says oh we're friends now huh um i do like that um he gets out of the pit anna lucia beats him for holding on to a rock which in my personal opinion is like a pretty fair thing to do i guess she's got to like establish dominance here but um
1: she's gonna give Sawyer gangrene like that arm is coming off in 12 hours yes
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she establishes that she uh, isn't going to put up with anything from Sawyer. Sawyer says if she uh, hits him again, uh, he's going to kill her. And um, this is just such a wild way to try and introduce a character. Like, she's so unsympathetic. I, I honestly respect it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes me like her more, weirdly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, we cut back to Locke having explained everything with the hatch and Desmond to Charlie. Uh, and he he does bring up what Hurley's job is, which is dealing with all the food. Uh, so Charlie goes and confronts Hurley. He says it's for that uh, he well, so he wants peanut butter, of course. This stupid peanut butter. And he says it's for Claire. What does he say that she's like a uh, he he uses like he tries to like dress it up so she's as needy as possible. She's, like he says like for a new mother or something like that. He says
1: breastfeeding and.
0: Yeah, like, I I think it, we should be clear here that, like, Charlie is doing this so that he can score points with Claire. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with her getting peanut butter. Right. That was a pregnancy craving that she doesn't have anymore, probably. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she'll be glad to get peanut butter. I'm not saying that she's not, I mean, and obviously she loves it later on, but, like, the, uh... Um, I, I just want to be very clear. I, I'm i not fooled by Charlie saying no. he wants it for Claire. Um, and, uh, Hurley doesn't want to. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't let up and he won't give it to Charlie. And Charlie basically says, you've changed, man. Look at you. You're the man now. Basically, like, immediately confirming all of, uh, Hurley's fears this episode.
1: Um, we do get a little vindicated, though, because in our next flashback, it opens to... Uh, Hurley and Johnny at a record store singing You All Everybody (laughs) and they're going through the sale bin which includes a Drive Shaft CD in the One Hit Wonders Mm -hmm. section. The only lyrics to that song that they know are (laughs) You All Everybody, Mm -hmm. the title of the song. Um, But Johnny has a great... To be fair, that's
0: basically all that's been written about it as well. That's true. (laughs) uh, It is like a two-line song. (laughs) Um,
1: Johnny has a great line. Drive shaft yeah. more like suck shaft, so that <laughs> felt good to see you know Charlie get a little jab, even if he wasn't there for it.
0: Yes, and also to me, that is the perfect like dumb loser joke. Mm-hmm. Like, they did nail that. That is 100% something that if there had been a band called Drive shaft, that's the kind of joke that I would have made with my friends in uh college. Mm-hmm. So,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, Pearlie's crush Starla works at the record store and he goes over to Mm -hmm. talk to her. Starla is played by, uh, Margaret Moreau. I hope I'm saying her name right. She's best known for wet, hot American summer, but she was also in the mighty Mm. ducks.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that at all. Wow. Um, what a coincidence.
1: What a coincidence. I'm from Minnesota, so I know everything about the mighty ducks. Um, sure. No, but she loves the Mighty Ducks. Uh, she played Connie.
0: Okay. Um, I um, I can't say that I remember anything about the Mighty Ducks. I, the only thing I remember is when he puts the puck up on the end mm-hmm. and, and then slaps it, which I think is like you're not supposed to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I also don't know that much about hockey because uh, I live in the desert uh, where hockey only happens uh, when science... Conspires against nature to make it happen,
1: right? um oh, it was a big deal when it came out.
0: Was that?
1: yeah, but yeah. So she's she has a pretty uh, great uh, credit history. Do you recognize her? Did you ever get into like no? Hot I didn't American recognize Summer? her at all. Oh,
0: okay. um, I I don't. I didn't remember her from Wet Hot American Summer, but I haven't seen that in a long time. That feels like one that I'm like kind of afraid to rewatch that because mm-hmm. I don't know how well it's aged um i would like it to still be good
1: yeah yeah i i recognized her i was kind of surprised to see her last but she did a ton of stuff for tv too like she was in smallville and the oc and mm. um but yeah good for her yeah good for her so um he is trying to ask her out to see the hold study and she says yes to the date which was mm-hmm. which is cool um, and he hints to Johnny that he wants to ask her out before, Then he kind of trails off of Johnny, but we know as an audience, uh, he cashes in his lottery ticket, or it becomes public.
0: I, it is nice that he gets the little thing of, like, you know, he actually does get a date with her before he is, uh, like, rich. Mm-hmm. It is nice to see that, like, Hurley is not just, like, surrounded by, like, full misery. Like, he right. did have a, a life that he liked. So when they're walking away and talking, and Johnny's like, uh, "Wow, you've been crushing on her." Does he say all summer too? I, I think, think he might say he might. Uh, that he's he that he's been crushing on her all summer, and um, and then he calls he calls Hurley Fabio, but he pronounces it like Fabio, which is insane to me. That yeah. you would use Fabio as a reference, but then say Fabio.
1: I. Um, I don't know if that was, like, an intentional thing. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. They should have corrected that.
0: Or maybe, I mean, it's also just possible DJ Qualls was not particularly familiar with Fabio. This was pre-Fabio getting hit by a bird on a roller coaster. So
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: he, you know, that's what really launched him into popularity, obviously. Yeah. so.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, Saeed and Jack explore the underbelly of the... Uh, of the the hatch, Said says that the last time he heard about concrete like this was at Chernobyl. Did you watch that new Chernobyl show?
1: No, and I never will, because I know it's oh. gonna be really sad.
0: Yeah, I think I think it is extremely sad. I didn't watch it, but it's because I got in a uh, a Twitter beef with the showrunner. You did. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He he sucks. I I do hate him. I want to be clear about this. I know that uh, it was a very popular show, but um, his name is like uh, is Craig uh, M- Mazen or Mason or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like really tried very hard the during the Writers Guild uh, um, elections recently in Hollywood to like not to basically he basically was doing his best to make sure that writers like didn't shake anything up and definitively would say that they weren't going to go on strike and it's like one of those things where it's like yeah you're a writer but you're also like a showrunner right and, uh you're kind of now you are like the guy that's in power so
1: mm-hmm. he's the man now
0: yeah he's the man now and so i'm definitely blocked by him on twitter that's why i don't like chernobyl but i guess you're right it would also be sad so yeah. Uh, That's probably the more noble reason to not watch it. (laughs) Well, now I have
1: two reasons not to watch it.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Um, Oh, also, he wrote The Hangover Part 2. So if you needed a third reason, uh, (laughs) that's it. Um, (laughs) uh, This whole scene is stupid to me, and I hate it. As a viewer, I'm extremely interested in Saeed's thoughts on what's going on with the bunker. And Jack asks him about it. And all of this stuff with them going underneath the bunker and all this... Is purely an excuse to have Jack walk in on Kate uh, in the shower. I
1: know, um,
0: and I think that they are. Uh, we've already talked about them doing Evangeline Lily dirty with uh, all this. Like, I mean, they really. This is two episodes in a row mm-hmm. where they've really sexualized her character. Or I guess I, I don't know. I I don't love that, but I also wish that Saeed was given more of a. I, I just I would be interested to hear what Saeed thinks about all this and they really don't go into it much.
1: The only thing that I really took away is that Saeed knows that titanium has very little magnetic yeah. properties. Yeah, <laughs> Otherwise I, I have no idea like what mm-hmm. really his thoughts are. Um one thing I will say is that I'm like I'm not okay with Kate's sexualization either. Yeah. I do feel like this season there is at least chemistry between jack and kate i like yes did not feel it or see it in season one and now like especially we'll talk about it but like the last scene there it's yeah. more flirtatious and like a little more believable than what it has been so i think
0: yes there's yeah at least i would agree chemistry.
1: with that
0: yeah yeah i'm fine with that and i mean again i'm not necessarily opposed to like oh, there's a scene where somebody catches somebody else in the shower. Like, we already had it in season one with Michael walking in on sun. I don't, I'm don't. i not necessarily opposed to that. It's just the way that they do it with Evangeline Lilly and her having spoken out about it now, Just it makes it all weird to watch through again. Right. Um,
1: like, when we watch it knowing how she felt about it at some point, so that's when it feels like crossing a line in some way.
0: Yes. But there is, I mean, I suppose in this there really isn't any... It's just her in a towel, so it's mm-hmm. not like it's as bad as, in my opinion, <laughs> in my opinion, the one with uh, her locked in the pantry. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, they hear a clanging. Uh, Jack goes up to check on it. Said also knows about it, and I guess he's just chilling underneath. Once they find out it's Kate, but uh, Jack uh, walks in on Kate, who's just gotten out of the shower. They they flirt for a little bit. She tells him to take a shower. She says. He says, how was it? And she's like, well, it, you know, the water pressure wasn't good and it was cold and it smells like sulfur, but I mean, it was a shower and I was just like, yeah, that would be the best shower you've ever had. Mm -hmm. It's the one, the one after 40 days of no showers. Right. But yeah, I, so my theory on this, on why, uh, they actually have like better chemistry this season is just because Sawyer isn't there to make Mm -hmm. Jack insane. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is what it could have been if Sawyer hadn't been there from the beginning. Back on the tail section, uh, everybody that was at the pit is going towards um, the shelter that the the tail section guys have set up. Libby introduces herself to Michael. She's played by Cynthia Watros. Um, She is... I don't believe she's a main cast member um, in this episode, but I think she will be this season. She says that 23 people survived in the tail section, and then (laughs) we didn't get to... talk. I mean... God, I'm so bummed about this. We didn't get to talk about him by name last episode, and we still never get his name this episode, but um, Adewale Akadnoye Agbache, whoever his character is, uh, who we will never get a name for apparently, uh, apologizes to Sawyer, but Sawyer is pretty dismissive of it. I gotta say, I think, it's, I mean, you know, Sawyer is the one that got knocked out by a club, so I guess he's the one that gets to decide if it's Reasonable to apologize. I don't think it's crazy for them. To, I Like, if this had happened to the other side of the camp, Sawyer would 100% have been knocking people out and throwing them in pits. Oh, he
1: would have tackled that person.
0: Yes. They would have yeah. been
1: unconscious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And God forbid they were anything but, like, a straight white man. Mm-hmm. Because Sawyer would have been all over that as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, they arrive at a Dharma station... This one is a lot less impressive than The Hatch. It's basically just like a concrete room. It's, like, it looks like what you actually think of when you hear the word bunker. Yeah. Um, and there's only a couple people inside. Um, Michael says, you know, I thought you said there was 23 of you. And Libby says, yeah, there were. Um, so clearly they've had a pretty rough time of it over on this side of the island. Shannon and Claire tell Sun about the message in a bottle. Uh, they give they give Sun the bottle and tell let her be the one to decide what to do with it. Which I guess is, I think is nice. It's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> Sun, I think, would be the person most affected by it, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: like, it's weird that, like, it kind of seems like something everybody should know so that they're not just counting on the raft.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, obviously, you, if they were counting on the raft, they were fools to begin with. But I think it it's a weird one to keep secret, but I guess it doesn't affect anything. But yeah, that's a pretty pretty rough uh, thing to have to give some.
1: Yeah, we haven't really uh, seen much of her at all. Is this the no. first time that we're seeing her? First season. Seeing-
0: she was definitely in the caves in the first two episodes, so she was in the background. Mm. But we're not. We didn't get anything with her. You're right. Like we really have not gotten. They spent so much time going over that same stuff in the yeah. hatch that a lot of people get pushed to the side. Like, really, we haven't gotten much Saeed this season either. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely not very much Shannon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hurley confronts Locke, saying that he shouldn't have told Charlie because now things are going to change. Locke says the change is good, but Hurley doesn't want to do the pantry job anymore. He just doesn't want to do it. Locke gives him the, like, well, I've had lots of jobs I didn't want to do. Now go do it, son.
1: What a boomer so, like, line. They just added that for the boomers who watched the show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, um, yeah, it does feel right in line. Do we think uh, Locke would have been like a, a bootstraps, pull yourself up by your bootstraps type gay on, or off the island? Oh,
1: gosh. Um, it doesn't seem like it from his flashback. Yeah, it, does, it,
0: it feels like weirdly uncharacteristic it seems like he would have been pretty chill yeah um but yeah the uh he tells hurley no you've got to do it i I mean it doesn't make sense to me why hurley has to be the one to do this job uh in the first place it makes sense for the character of churley of churley of it makes sense for the character of hurley uh but it doesn't really make sense in terms of everybody else like who cares who inventories the pantry yeah. Uh, like, does does the hatch have AC? I'm sure there's plenty of people that would love to be chilling in there.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, doing this
0: job. Clearly Charlie would. Um, so Hurley, <laughs> because Locke tells him he has to do it, he says, all right. And he goes to get the dynamite. Uh, this is truly insane. I mean, at this point, for sure, his, he should have just been like, all right, I'm just throwing this... Up. All this food out on the beach and everybody can pick at it themselves. Right. Uh, but he wants to just blow it up instead.
1: He's so worried about being hated because he has this responsibility that he'd rather just like blow it up and really truly be hated. Can yeah, you imagine yeah, everybody. like finding oh, for out sure. Like, oh, there were like olives. <laughs> there were pickles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just blew them up. I'd be um, so
0: mad. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, you tell me I don't get one of those off-brand potato chips, I'll be furious. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, he he sets the dynamite up in the pantry, uh, and Rose asks him why he's doing it, and he says that the pa- you know doing the, it's gonna mess everything up, and everyone's gonna be mad at him for having to uh, to take control of everything. And and Rose basically convinces him that like he doesn't have to go to this kind of extreme. I don't love that it's that they're having the big guy be the one that has to deal with the food trauma stuff on the island like I I it's fine I I guess I don't know but um, this is like weirdly touching for me this yeah. this scene <laughs> like this it, it is affecting he, he just he does uh, Jorge Garcia does such a good job of playing Hurley in a way that is still true to his like happy go lucky character while also making him seem extremely like broken and yeah. it's good
1: Mm -hmm. I think what I liked about that interaction between them is that it really matches up with the flashbacks really well. Mm -hmm. Just of, like, you really get in that headspace in that moment of why he's doing what he's doing. And I think in a way that we haven't really seen in the other episodes this season. Like what we were talking about last week with how... The last episode should probably have been Jack's episode, the yeah. way that it lined up. And I think that this is just really landing for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the flashback, Johnny and Hurley are together and Johnny is telling Hurley to be careful. They're stealing gnomes from lawns and mm-hmm. uh, are at Randy's house uh, writing out Cluck You. Um, yeah. Very punk rock. And this is
0: it's so funny to me. I will say it would be annoying to have to deal with all those gnomes too. So like I I think that it is a good prank.
1: I think it's a good prank. Um so then Randy runs out, he catches them, and they dip into the van (laughs) and they drive off. Um but just really touching to see their friendship. Johnny is definitely being very ride or die, um, but he does want to bring it back down to reality. And tells Hurley that they should start thinking about finding another job, and he's listing fast food places. Um, but Hurley is just kind of knows that he's about to never work again, and um, mm-hmm. you know you can tell that he's really savoring the moment with Johnny, and he makes Johnny promise to stay the same forever and never change, which Johnny agrees to. Um,
0: yeah,
1: sad. I mean. Like, yeah. I don't know, we as viewers know what's about to happen, but at the same time, like, I don't know, you want like your friends to change and you want your friends to, I don't know. I just, I felt yeah. like he was really hold- trying to hold on to, to something that he knew he was going to lose. Yeah,
0: Hurley is the kid on uh, the last day of high school. Uh, just like desperately trying to like convince himself that he's going to be able to keep the group together, even Mm -hmm. though everyone's going off to separate colleges.
1: Right. Yeah. They pull into a gas station parking lot. Um, there's news crews outside. There's a lot of commotion. Hurley wants to leave. And at this point we know that, okay, he's cashing the lottery check, but, um, Johnny wants to see it through and see if somebody got shot uh grim um -hmm. but johnny gets out of the car and he's walking over and at that time then the clerk notices hurley in the van and says that's him that's who won the lottery and and it kind of clicks for uh johnny too um so they all start the news crews start piling around the van um and we just kind of have this like montage of of Hurley's realization that okay, now things are over and he wasn't ready for it and Johnny's mm-hmm. realization that oh his friend won and didn't tell him about it um which I can understand feeling like a little hurt in the long run, but if I found out that my friend won the lottery at that moment, I'd be like, what the heck? I would like be into the commotion. I feel like I don't think I would be as hurt as Johnny was, but
0: yeah, it's weird to be betrayed. I mean, I think it's, you know, this is the end of the flashbacks for this episode, so they don't really get a chance to, like, because I think that this kind of relationship breaking apart would be more of a slow burn. Right. Um, and so they don't, you know, the show doesn't really have a chance to show us that, um, so they're just kind of making it all happen in the moment. I will say, I think that this is pretty well shot. Like, uh, I agree. I like that I, I, the, the, they use some slow motion in there, and... Some close-ups on Johnny that are good. Um, I mean, I gotta say, extremely evocative of my favorite movie, Thor Two: The Dark World. Um, So uh, you can really see where the director started here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, it's sad. Your heart definitely breaks for Hurley when just like realizing, like, yeah, you gotta, uh, you're, you're. This is it for you. This was the last day you got together.
1: Yeah. Um, I will say too, like, I completely get Hurley's. I think we've even mentioned it before about, like, his hesitation because the lottery curse is so real. Mm-hmm. Just how it makes people go bankrupt, it ruins families. Yes. Um, so I, I get it.
0: Yeah. And it makes you understand how Hurley could believe in it, too, just where it's like, yeah, this is how it started with him. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't really get to enjoy the money even from the beginning. Right. Um Even by the time he had bought his Grandpa Tito a house, it had already started.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was never really excited about it. We never see him be excited about it. Uh,
0: But back on uh, the island, we got sunset on the beach. Uh, Hurley is explaining his plan to Jack. Uh, He's saying that the food, you know, it's, it's made for one guy to eat three times a day for 30 days. And it wouldn't last very long for all the people that they have over there. Uh, and Jack says, okay, well, you're in charge. We made you in charge, so we'll do what you say. Um, and so we get a montage of Hurley passing out the food, everybody, you know, enjoying food together. It's basically like one big, like camp, uh, cookout Mm -hmm. essentially. Like you, you just feel like everybody's using those like styrofoam plates and plastic forks and all that stuff, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. uh, sitting around the campfire together. He gives Charlie the peanut butter, of course, and Claire is uh, absolutely delighted uh, that her knight in shining shining armor has procured peanut butter, the thing that she loves. Um, Here's my question. Does Claire remember the peanut butter thing? Like, she remembers something about peanut butter, right? Has her memory of that come back? Or is she just excited to see peanut butter now? Good. Is she just a Call dog out? that <laughs> that that feels something stick to the roof of her mouth yeah. and just all of a sudden starts wagging her tail? <laughs> uh, but yeah, everyone shares food together. We see Shannon. Uh, Sh- we never really got confirmation that Vincent was back, right? Like, we saw him for like a second last uh, episode, mm-hmm. and we never saw her actually get him from the woods. But uh, Vincent's back. He's chilling with Shannon. She's giving him some food. But yeah, we uh, everybody... Shares food together. Everybody is happy with Hurley. They're clapping him on the back, telling him thanks. Charlie gives him a hug. Uh he Hurley has earned Charlie's approval uh by way of giving things to Charlie. Yeah, this episode, yeah. Until the next time and then he uh Hurley will insult his weight and then ask him for something. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, this was uh this is a good we haven't gotten a montage in a while, so this was nice sun buries the messages she decides i guess not to tell everybody you gotta feel bad for her yeah <laughs> we i mean we really don't even get much like she does she have like one line of dialogue yeah, maybe I, this I episode so, like she yeah. really doesn't say too much at all um but it's still yeah pretty pretty horrible thing to get obviously is the bottle she definitely just thinks Jin's dead at this point but mm-hmm. um and then back at the tail section uh, Dharma Station, a a man comes up and approaches Michael, he asks about Rose, and it is Bernard, Uh, we finally see Bernard, he is, um, a very cute old man, (laughs) that you, you just, you feel, he, he does a great job in this, he really only gets, like, you know, a, a couple, like, 30 second scene here, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's asking about Rose and Sawyer and Michael tell him that Rose is doing fine and she's back at the other camp and he's clearly like, he's clearly been through a lot and has, uh, has been holding out hope for her the same way that she is on the other side of the island. And we see Rose putting away a candy bar, presumably for him, <laughs> for his sweet tooth, um, as she holds onto his ring. And then um, that's the end of the episode.
1: That made me cry. Yeah, it was good. It's it was really good. good. Yeah. yeah. I remember that he lived, but that's about the only thing that I remembered. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to see them be reunited. I
0: also don't want to put too much on it, but I do like... You know, Lost loves its reveals, so maybe it's maybe even a little bit problematic that they treated this as a reveal. But, like, that he is a white guy is... Nice. Mm-hmm. Like I like that they're like this older interracial couple. Mm-hmm. Um that's so for 2004. That's just not something that's like on people's radars at all. Right. Um and uh yeah, it rules. I'm it, it, so invested in seeing them reunite. So hopefully we uh, see that at some point, but <laughs> I uh yeah, I'm 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 a fan of Rose and Bernard for sure. Yeah. So this episode on IMDb came in at uh number Eighty three, which seems crazy to me.
1: It's so low.
0: Yeah, I would that's, not it's wild. Have expected that. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand it.
1: That's like bottom half, right?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's almost bottom third. Wow. Uh, uh actually, it is bottom third. Yeah, uh, too low. Uh, way too low. Uh, we've definitely seen we've seen worse episodes with much higher scores so far. Mm-hmm. So, um. I'm not going to say that this one was like 10 out of 10 masterpiece, I guess, but I really enjoyed it. There was no part of it that I was like, Oh, I don't, I mean, really, I think the only thing that I really hated was the stuff of Saeed. (laughs) I, uh, I, and that was, it's less about what we got and more about what we could have gotten instead. Mm -hmm. Um, so even that I wasn't like furious about. So, uh, yeah, but Emma in October of 2005, uh, Did anything happen that week?
1: Oh, it sure did. Um, what, so a television show aired on, I believe that Friday.
0: Uh,
1: Oh, it was a Monday, the Monday after. So October 17th, it's a show that is hosted by somebody who is still very current in the zeitgeist
0: was still very current so is it like a reality show or is it like a uh, was it like a news program type like a thing? news
1: program can okay. you guess the show
0: Ooh, that's a good question a show premiered i mean when i think of current i of course think of uh Piers morgan so i'm going mm. to assume that it's a Piers morgan show
1: mm. no <laughs> it's oh, okay. uh, the colbert report
0: Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. God, I, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't, in my head that started earlier, but I guess that makes sense because he was on the Daily Show for a while. He was
1: on the Daily Show for so long, but yeah. And then I, it just makes me think too about like how Stephen Colbert was on the Daily Show and on the Colbert Report and then yeah, what he's like on his talk show now.
0: Oh, it's wild. It's I, wild. The, I, I. I uh, loved that show so much. Yeah. I I used to tape it and watch it. um, And I really didn't know anything about politics. But the... It it is funny when you watch it now, like, how much Henry Kissinger would show up on those shows. And they would, like, have a talk with... And and you're just like, what the heck? (laughs) Uh, Like, how is it, like... There's so much, like, biting satire on that show that's incredible. And then also, like, they'll talk to, like war criminals or just like the absolute worst people and like have like a normal talk show chat yeah. with them it's always it's always really like he he had so many running gags with Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. like truly a horrendous individual <laughs> yeah that's funny well yeah and then yeah when you look at now the the late night show mm-hmm. i mean he's is there anything have you watched that at all? The his uh the what is it? Is it late night with Stephen Colbert?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. My dad watched it. He took over it. for
0: Letterman. Mm.
1: But he's just so watered down now.
0: It's not good, yeah. yeah. It's it there's nothing interesting about it. And then it's just the same I mean, Trump ruined all of those, right? Like yeah. Trump fully ruined every single like they became so unfunny. Every single one was just like Coming up with different ways to say like Mango Mussolini or whatever. Like they just got so boring. I think Conan is the only one that I've like I still think is funny.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Um and I can't say that I ever thought Jimmy Kimmel was funny. So I guess Oh never. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um
1: or Jimmy Fallon. That whole
0: Jimmy Fallon was funny on SNL sometimes.
1: Yeah, he was, I thought he was funny on SNL sometimes, but I don't think his talk show is very funny. No. I feel like they could have just let Stephen Colbert do like something satirical and like maybe a little wacky like Conan O'Brien got to do, which was really popular. Yeah. And I feel like they kind of made him stick to the formula or something. I don't know. But it just doesn't land for me. But or maybe Colbert he just didn't gonna... want to do it. Yeah. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, good for him. Uh, we will carry... Old Stephen Colbert and our hearts and memories. Yes. Um, as we contend with uh, current Stephen Colbert. <laughs> but, all right, sweet. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Um, next week we have dot, dot, dot and found, um, which is a What do they mean title? by that, Nolan? Impossible to say. <laughs> and I only can hope that the lost Wikipedia can shed some light on this. Because if they can, let me tell you, I will be re- uh reading that explanation verbatim next episode. <laughs> um But it's a Son and Jin episode, so that's uh that's exciting at okay. least. Which is interesting. I think uh well we'll talk about it, but the the only other duo episode we've gotten so far has been uh Michael and Walt in special. Mm-hmm. Um so uh yeah, but we got that to look forward to so we can at least get uh, presumably more than one line at a sun. Um, I guess we'll see. But Alright, cool. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can email us, allthebestpodcasts at gmail.com. Tweet at us, add allthebestpods on Twitter. Um, and until next week, get lost. Bye.